Welcome, everyone, to a brand new edition of the Swift Kicks podcast. I'm Alex, and with me, as always, are Ben and Steve. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and share it with anyone you know who loves the beautiful game. Also, head to swiftkickspod.com for all the latest soccer news. Swiftkickspod.com. In this episode, episode, the international break is over, and Swift Kicks got a front row seat to the U.S. and their lackluster game against Canada. Ben was the one taking that front row seat, much to the, uh, I guess, upsetness of actual media houses people but ben how did that all go it was awesome guys uh we're we're not just for the people we are the people um it it was a good experience though you know the u.s fan base is always very welcoming and it's a kind of a unique fan base walking around the stadium um very family friendly affair and even like the you know what's it called the american outlaws it's weird seeing that tailgate directly next to like a U10 soccer team tailgate and ready for the game too. So it's kind of unique coming from England where like even a Peterborough United match, you kind of know not to walk down certain streets at certain times. Um, but yeah, overall it was, it was crazy. Did you guys see the game? Saw the second half. Uh, also want to give a shout out real quick to Alex using the word upsetness. I just wanted to make sure that that didn't that didn't go under the radar. That's the uh, English vocabulary I bring to the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we were there. Uh, we we got media credentials to the game. Um, Fox Sports did a good job of covering it. And uh, Nissan Stadium, great job yeah. at hosting it. Made us feel really at home. Um, I did have some things to share with you guys. I will share with you real quick. One of our fans' interactions uh, from the weekend, um, but just so you guys can kind of hear what the atmosphere is like, because it doesn't do it justice until I let them tell the story. So as you guys can hear, you know, the fans were a little <laughs> truly amazing. They sounded a little bit, they had some upsetness about them. Yeah, they hate that Steve guy. Um, long and short of it, though, man, that it was pretty common. The fans had a lot of uh, optimism, that, you know, a lot of USA pride going around and not even recognizing the, the full potential of, you know, this is game two of 14. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, like, you know, watching the U.S. play in, in Canada, Canada was a much better squad than we kind of gave him credit. Um, Alfonso Davies in person. I don't know. I didn't watch him on online, but dude's unreal. Uh, the Canadian coach pretty much after the game was just saying in the press conference, like, yeah, you just kind of let him do his own thing. Uh, you just create opportunities for him to entertain the fans. Uh, the Canada was uh, incredibly disappointed. people. Yeah. The Canadian squad felt like they should have walked away from that game with three points. And, um, and to be fair, they played the right game. He said, we weren't playing for possession. We were playing for counterattack. We sat deep. 
and let him attack because uh, the U.S. struggled to convert passes in the final third. And sure enough, it worked out well for him. If Alfonso Davies didn't come off uh, carrying a, a slight injury in the second half, who knows how that game would have ended. I agree. I only, I only tuned in for the second half. Uh, I saw a couple of uh, body checks from Tyler Adams, <laughs> which I didn't fully understand. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to expect. It's, it's like I just don't know what to expect with the U.S. men's national team. And I'm trying to not sound like a hater, but I'm going to sound like a Debbie Downer instead. This is just, just – it's like a, I don't know if it's a lack of direction or you just don't like you have all these tools and pieces. You don't know how to assemble them properly. It's just like, it's just, you just leave every game wanting more, wishing something different had happened. I mean, you could see it in the players' faces after the game too, the coach as well. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it doesn't change my feelings though. It's the same every game. Right. <laughs> Christian Pulisic even looked disappointed in the, uh, post-game interview interview in the press conference i think steve pointed out a shot of him was like dude looks so down in the dumps he's got plenty of yeah. time left uh at the same time when you walk away from a game thinking you should have won three points it's a bad day in the office for you i was um, wondering if there was huge because he looked genuinely looked like his odds of qualifying for the world cup were now like next to nothing that's how devastated he looked and that was a home game i was looking at their next run of games it doesn't look like they'll be playing at home for World Cup qualifiers, because there's 14 total World Cup qualifiers. They've played two so far. They've drawn two of them, so two points out of a possible six. I don't know when their next home game was, but it doesn't look like it's going to be a while from now. So maybe that's the reason that people are upset. They're like, these next stretch of games is going to be difficult because they're not at home. And like they know that like pitch qual, like, you know, facilities aren't going to be near as good as they are in America. You know, like the playing surfaces, uh, the home crown advantage, all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I was just trying to figure out why people were so down. Well, like I asked Christian Pulisic if the U.S. was feeling any of the impact of a lot of travel and a lot of um, name drop. Yeah, yeah, no humble brag. Um, like <laughs> there's a tremendous amount of travel going on. The average age of the team is like 23. There's 18, an average of 18 caps for the U.S. team on this squad. Think about that. It's such a young green squad. And the question was more based around the fact that you guys have been traveling from all over Europe. You pulled players from like three continents all together to play a group of uh, games close together. And the answer along the lines of like, yeah, it's something we're all going through sort of thing was his response. But I think when you're that young, you have issues that pop up. The other thing you got to remember for him to look uh, kind of down in the dumps was the dude just got over COVID. This one's off of that. He's been sick. He's on the up and up. And then I wonder, you know, is Weston McKinney's actions weighing on him? We still don't know what happened there, but Weston McKinney's basically been kicked off the U.S. men's squad for this round of qualifiers. Um, he violated a COVID-19 pro call. Uh, Coach Burhart, um was wouldn't touch it with a stick, just said he violated a company or, you know, the team policy around COVID-19. And as a result, he was left out of the squad and his future was unknown for the U.S. team. And I think while apparently he uh he brought somebody else into they have like a bubble going on and he brought somebody else into that bubble as well so it wasn't just like him personally it was uh i guess some other action he took um but there's been a lot about that you know, just all over the place a lot of people with hot takes landon donovan being one of them having probably one of the worst takes just you know basically saying that uh what he did was disappointing and it's you know it's something 
almost to the point of saying he should be banished from the U.S. men's national team for his actions. Up, up. All right, chill out, Landon. Just chill out for the a little bit. The guy's like okay? 19, 20 years old. You know what I'm saying? He's either 22, maybe 23, I think. But I'm going to just say he's younger than he is. Um, <laughs> but the reality of it is he was um, – this isn't the first time he's gotten in trouble. Perlo suspended him from Juventus for throwing a house party, inviting all the players over. Oh, <laughs> so really? Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Weston McKinney is is not necessarily been following the rules across the board. I think the bigger problem was uh, was is how do we how do we make sure that we're prioritizing the club? You know what I'm saying? Like why why McKinney are you making these kind of mistakes over and over again? For me, I was devastated because I wanted to see him play in person, and it, frankly, there's a lot riding on him. But it shows the lack of depth of like dynamic talent in the U.S. national team. Um, and like when you look at the way they they scored, if Christian Pulisic, when the dude gets the ball, he's untouchable. Like he he's really really above and beyond the talent that he was playing against. Granted, it was Canada, um, but he was getting knocks on the ankles, drawing fouls every time he got the ball. Really created opportunities. And then Sergino Dense, also phenomenal player, making runs down the right wing. And he unfortunately went off with a sprained ankle. Is probably out for a couple of weeks now. But he Yeesh. was also a dynamic player. But they don't have that second win. They brought in, you know, DeAndre Yedlin, who got absolutely torched by uh, Alfonso Davies down the wing in the second half. But they're missing that extra person, right? And then the U.S. get the ball around the edge of the 18, and they can't do anything with it. It gets stuck to their feet. It's either Christian Pulisic's doing a whole lot, draws a foul, or he offloads it and can't receive it back. Um, it, it, it was kind of frustrating to see at times, but the – when the final whistle blew, man, there's a lot of jeering, a lot of booing. And that was unique because I don't think I would have expected that from a U.S. fan base, right? I would have thought it was more along the lines of like, all right, guys, good game. But it was a lot of jeering. They're really, really frustrated. And yeah, it's two games in, but you got to remember, I think, Steve, I'm, I'm directing that this is you because you said, you know, we're two games in. That's the same attitude that got them failure to qualify. Yeah, 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 but... Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I also think they're going to not be patient with the coach. I think the coach is in deep water. Man, are they going to? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the U.S. Soccer Federation does not want a repeat of 2017, 2018. So they're obviously closely monitoring the situation. But, man, to yank. I mean, I guess the last, I think the 14th match of World Cup qualifying takes place on March 30th. Uh, I'm pretty sure I looked this up. Um, so we still have, you know, there's, there's months to go. I'm just wondering if you do replace Greg Berhalter, when do you do it? Because if we're 12 games in and now we're trying to make it up, I think we're, I think, I think the ship has sailed. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the tombstone's already written. I don't, it's just a different name. Right. It's now or never, right. You're almost better off seeing it out. So but then who do you replace was, him with? Well, that's just it. The only thing I will share is I believe his brother got him appointed in the job, and that's kind of shady to me. But Greg Berhalter, in my opinion, is needs time. And the thing is, right, like you want to talk about the, the reason I was bringing up the whole traveling thing. A group of 23-year-olds that play in different leagues aren't going to gel in three or four days. You know what I mean? It's going to take a while. Um, and when that happens, I don't think you're going to get quick results. Like a draw on the road. At this, at the Concacaf level, a draw on the road is not really a bad result when you have 14 games. You know what I mean? Like one point on the road's 
not not too shabby. But you got to walk away with three points against Canada at home. If you're saying that, if you're saying that he needs time, I mean, he's been there since 2018. Yeah, but it's you need time with these guys. It's not like they oh. had a camp, right? It's not like they came together for two weeks. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But everyone's in the guys- same boat. Everyone's in the same boat. It's not just like a, it's a U.S. only situation. Everyone has is combating the same problem. I would say that you're right there. And then you could even throw in the gold cup. Like this is the team that played together. They had that camp over the summer and now it's time to play. Yeah. It's like, yeah. How much stock do you put in? Go ahead. Just how much stock do you put in the fact that like, I was actually looking at the age of all the players. You were talking about a young squad and Kristen Polish to 22 is like the veteran that everybody's looking up to at this point. You know, how much does that weigh into the, the equation? I think it weighs quite a bit. I mean, you hear of managers talking about bringing in like or having the 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 importance of having older players because it's those it's the experience that these players carry that not only help get the team like the team through you know tough obstacles that you're going to come across in a season because they've been there before and they know how to handle they know how to cope with the emotions and and the struggles of a season but they also pass that on to younger players so if the younger players in this team are looking at the 23-year-old Weston McKinney's, you know, the 22-year-old Christian Pulisic. I mean, DeAndre Yedlin's probably, what, 28, 9, perhaps? So he's an outlier in this squad. But you don't really have many people that you're looking at that have been in these positions before. Yes, Weston McKinney has been playing for Juventus and has been playing in big games. Yes, Christian Pulisic has just won the Champions League with Chelsea. I understand that. But these kids are still, they're, they're still gathering experience. Um, not leaders on those sides either. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not like, yeah, exactly. Christian Pulisic, I feel like, was you know night and night and day above what I thought I'd expect from him. Um, just brings an energy to the field. I, I just felt like for me, the coaching to decide to go after the win and start subbing, make three subs in the 86th minute or the 84th minute was just absurd. Like, why wouldn't you do that in like the 65th minute when it's one all? Why don't you bring on that energy then? Josh Sargent came on um, and replaced um, Aronson and looked significantly more calm under pressure with the ball at his foot. I mean, Aronson scored a goal, but in my opinion, Aronson turned the ball over almost every time he had it. He couldn't keep the ball on the pitch, couldn't play the wall passes on the edge of the 18, and it didn't really suit uh, Pulisic's kind of approach to get into the, the dangerous spots. I also think um, Pulisic is playing out wide on a team that they need him to be central. Um, but overall, man, I think, Steve, you were the closest with your take on the game. And sure enough, a draw it was. Well, I, I don't know. Um, I just don't know. I don't know enough about Greg Berhalter and his approach and his his vision what direction he wants to take you know this this team in um I, everyone knows the goals you know you you know qualify for the world cup make it out of the group stages but but how he plans on getting there i'm unsure of so for me to be able to pass judgment on him is difficult because one i don't watch the u.s men's national team a whole lot because I'm tired of getting hurt and two I, you know i just can't i well, really, one. I can't really. I ha- I don't watch enough to be able to say what's right or wrong. But John Herdman, Canada's coach, in the press conference after the game, mentioned on a couple of occasions, or he referenced 
at least once, but was alluding to it in a couple other ways that the U.S. had a uh, sports psychology issue going on. He felt that there was clearly a lot going on with the U.S. having a lot of pressure on them to score goals when they haven't scored goals. He watched the El Salvador team that pressed high with a, with a diamond in the midfield against the U.S. Get, frustrate them. So he felt like the U.S. had too much on their plate. And almost it reminded me of uh, Steve's comments during Euros about England um, mm. with expectations that don't fit the U.S.'s actual level. And yeah. that makes sense to me. Um, but and it also worked. And he said, you know, there's an element of them being not scoring. You just got to frustrate them. They're in their own head. There's a certain amount of negativity in the U.S. camp. And it's just like, OK, I can see that. You know what I mean? You've got all the pressure on two or three players and the rest are kind of just there to support the cast of Christian Pulisic and Weston McKinney. I don't think that's where the U.S. want to be. Um, but, yeah, Her- Herdman, you know, shared pretty well his thoughts and the goal came for Canada from uh, Kyle Heron, who plays in the Turkish league, uh, Kyle Laren, I'm sorry, um, plays in the Turkish league, pretty good goal, but nothing special. But the U.S. looked very vulnerable to a counterattack. While the possession was like dramatically in the U.S.'s favor, if you look at something like the corners in the game, corners are evident of, you know, like attacking chances. And it was only five to two there. And it was like two to two for the most of the first half. Second half, the U.S. turned it up a notch, though. Kyle Laren, I think that guy came from Orlando, did he not? I believe he did. He did. Yep, he came from Orlando and then signed to Besiktas. Um, MLS coverage right there. Yeah, and that's your that concludes our MLS coverage for this episode. Thanks for tuning in for that. Um, it, it was it was interesting too. You know, Canada was playing basically like five in the back, like a five four one almost. You know, they came very defensive, and the U.S. just did not seem to have, for all the talent that they do have, didn't seem to have any ideas. And that might go to your point, Ben, about just the fact that maybe they've had like four days together to kind of figure out, you know, a play. How do we each other move? Um, you know, they are. We talked earlier in an, in an older podcast about how, um, you know, some of these players have a lot of experience playing in the Premier League or the Champions League or elsewhere in Europe. You know, it's a completely different style when it comes to coming back to CONCACAF and the style of play that's that's over here, especially a much more defensive Canada. Um, it just seems like the, the ideas were lacking. And then to, you know, Steve talking about bear halter is like, he didn't seem to have anything. Sometimes, sometimes I think we put too much on the coach. I don't think that the coach can really do a lot from the sideline. Once he's picked a squad, you know, he can mm-hmm. maybe make a change here or there, but he can also give commands about, you know, Hey, like, look, that side's looking like a lot weaker, like, you know, push towards that part or something like that, you know, a little mm-hmm. encouragement almost, but it just didn't seem like any of that was there. Right. And then he threw it all in, in the second half, like the 86th minute of like, all right, let's try something new. Like it took you 86 minutes to recognize you weren't converting. I also want to give a quick shout out to, I was missing, uh, omitting a few different players. Uh, Sebastian Letget, who plays on the wing. Uh, He's 20, 29. Jonathan Brooks is 28. They were, they were playing as well. So we do have some older players, not a whole lot. Like you said, the average age is very, was it 23? Is Jonathan Brooks the guy that scored that header in like the 20, I don't know, 16 World Cup? Yes, but he is also the reason. Canada not the 2016 World Cup. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> 2012. <laughs> the tw- yeah, it was the 2012 World Cup. That's what Yeah, you mean. I mean, he was a kid in 2012. <laughs> yeah, but ne- So now you're expecting him to be your veteran, right? Right. Him to kind of carry the team. I don't know if it's because he doesn't have the captain's arm armband or what 
but that goal from Kyle Laren strictly came from the fact he was not paying attention to anyone. So like Alfonso Davies, while he did, you know, burn uh, DeAndre Yedlin, which says something because a 28 year old DeAndre led, you know, um, Yedlin. Got too many words in my mouth now. <laughs> Yedlin is too, fa- you know what I mean? He's fast as hell. Like he's a fast mm-hmm. player. Uh, Alfonso Davies is that quick. But then Brooks basically left Kyle Aaron alone in front of the keeper. Like you, you could see him pretty much just like not even defending. So granted, granted, it's easy to blame the guy that should have been there. But like you expect more out of a, a tenured center back, and that for yeah. me was a glaring concern. I mean, the U.S. is also riddled with a ton of injuries. You got like four or five other players out hurt. You've got uh, Zach Steffen, the starting keeper from uh, Man City, who's out with COVID nineteen. Uh, keeper put on a good effort at for the u.s saved a couple off the line that was pretty impressive but yeah it's it's interesting and then all with all this going on right uh greg berhalter seen running around the city of nashville three hours before kickoff going for a run in his u.s and yeah in his whole u.s gear like get out of here like dude what, like what, you didn't what, want what are you rocking the rocky music i've seen that video <laughs> yeah i made a joke at the press conference and it did not land uh <laughs> Berhalter is sitting there and he's like, you know, we're still undefeated. I'm like, oh my God, it's Steve Bruce. I thought of you, Alex. I was like, Steve yeah. Bruce again. They're undefeated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the grass is always greener. But at the same time, there's something to be said. You got so many guys out, so many injuries, so much drama going on with the, the, the squad itself. I, I don't think it's anything to really be too concerned about right now. There's still a lot of time to play. Um, you just really want to. It's better than losing. I know it sounds silly and Steve Bruce-esque, but like better than no points. Yeah, I I mean, you'll take points from every single game. Um, I'm still, man, I don't know, man. I'm still, I'm just watching with my popcorn in the backseat with zero expectations of this team in terms of quality. cap is no joke. I understand right. it's difficult. I'm not saying it's a walk in the park and they should be able to qualify. And it's like shame on, well, no, shame on them that they didn't qualify. But, uh, dude, I would not be surprised if Canada qualifies for a World Cup. That squad, that Canadian squad is the best Canadian squad I've ever seen play. Yeah, they will when they co host. Bingo. I was actually thinking that as I was watching the Canada, actually the US Canada game, I was thinking that I was like, man, thank goodness uh, the hosts automatically qualify. For 26, right? Right. Right. At least double make one. Ch- I had to double check because I wanted to, I just wanted to verify that we couldn't get embarrassed even more if we failed to qualify for something we were hosting. But no, we automatically right. qualify. Perfect. Yeah. No, I, again, it was, a, it was a good experience. It was nice to be there. It's probably the first live game I've seen in a long time, which is really pretty cool. Um, but for me, the U.S. got a little ways to go, and and they got to take some of that pressure off or of uh, Christian Pulisic. So let's let's hypothetically talk about if Greg Berhalter gets replaced, who does he get replaced? So before you even answer, who he gets replaced with, is it? Are you guys of the ideology that for a, ma- a national team, the coach has to be of the same nationality of the na- national team? Can I just answer that with who I'd put in? Yeah, sure. I mean, I would spend the entire U.S. savings on this person. Like, I would go to the global bank, go further in debt as a country for this guy, Zinedine Zidane. Problem solved. You got to pronounce his name right if you're going to have him. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We're Americanizing this. This is America. Come play for America. I'd also he doesn't even play. speak English. Okay. 
This is America, Steve. <laughs> Land of opportunity. Why could be how, like that? How is he? How is he gonna? Who cares? I remember. You're, do you remember the when they talked about with? I'm Fabio pretty sure Com- half of the U.S. team wasn't born in born in America. Yeah, like they were like German yeah. and uh, Dutch. Yeah. But do you remember like? Do you remember in 2008 like the whole Fabio Capello? uh managing the england side and like the england players of that team that like that speak about that time now like obviously they don't talk like they don't talk smack about it as it was happening but they look back at that time period that they were the players that were involved and they're like the language barrier was so difficult with fabio capello and the english players that was just like it it got in the way of progress and i wonder if that would translate to america as well like if you had someone like zizu I stand. By I'm a fan team. of Zizu. Don't get me wrong. I I feel like we should have Ted Lasso come in. Jeez. Coach seems to be doing pretty well. <laughs> God, it'd sell tickets. It, it would, would sell tickets. Jesus, would it sell tickets? <laughs> um, I because I don't have an answer to that question that I proposed. No, I I don't think the answer is to replace the coach at this point in time. I think you let him. Let him do his thing. Won the gold cup. Let him see if he can get through this. For how long? This this qualifying. So this whole qualifying period of, of 14 games? You know <laughs> who's available, guys. Who? And you know somebody who speaks the English language. Let's bring Bruce Arena back for the third time. Third time's a charm. <laughs> Don't make right? me puke. Oh. Um, um. <laughs> big Sam. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, That's he gets my vote. He gets all of my votes. He will save the U.S. And the off chance that I have more than one vote, he gets all of mine. There's <laughs> also <laughs> Eddie Howe. <laughs> Don't, Don't mention that name. <laughs> all right. So looking at other news, guys, you see that Cristiano Ronaldo's opening game for Man United will not be televised. Yeah. Wait, what? Why? Alex, you want to take that one? Uh, basically, Sky Sports uh, didn't think it would be a big enough game and never put it as like one of their Saturday night games and um, or Sunday nights, rather. And uh, didn't buy the rights. Yeah. This was so, probably like well before they knew Ronaldo was coming, yes. right? Yep. They didn't think that Man U Newcastle would be a game worth putting on TV. So they opted out of it and now they're kicking themselves. Man, they look so stupid. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> dang dude that's crazy so it's not gonna be televised on any platform well i'm sure you could probably in the u.s yeah Yeah. i mean you'll see it in the u.s but in the uk it won't be broadcast live on any tv Um, wow it's like the in the uk they have like a a 3 p.m blackout rule um and like sky is allowed to break that you know because they're technically like a cable channel kind of deal um but they have to sign up for what they want and they didn't sign up for that game so so you're telling me that we can watch it overseas here in America, but the, the country that it's taking place in England cannot watch yep. that game on TV. We get like, as American fans of the Premier League, we are spoiled. We can have access. Yeah. It's a pain with what they've done with like NBC sports gold and that kind of stuff. But the access, the yeah. level of access we have to the Premier League is unparalleled compared to in England. Wow. Hmm. The more you know. Yeah. People basically just wait for match of the day. If you don't go to the match, you go watch oh, match wow. of the day at the end of the night and you see the goals and that's it. Or you get teletext 
or Ben Teletext. United. Yeah. Two. Which is just a five live radio commercial where a guy reads you the softest voice and he just, it's like a cuddle in your ear with soccer sports. Just ASMR. It's it's almost like this podcast. <laughs> it's almost. Except less interesting. Um, <laughs> real quick, are you guys ready for where are they now? Hit me with that. Where are they now? Okay. So this uh, cancer. This guy's zodiac sign is a cancer. Perfect. Is a his his Chinese sign is a horse. Um, oh, is uh, who we're dealing with today? Another short guy coming in at five six. Have at it. Is he currently is he a coach? English? Oh, he's well. not English. Okay. Is he currently? Is he Spanish? He's not Spanish. Oh, okay. All right. Back to the drum board. Um, is this play, is this person currently playing? Nope, he is fifty six, I believe. Fifty five. Fifty five. Fifty. Okay. Fifty five. Fun. Fun. Two. Fifty five. <sighs> I'm trying to think of other players who are around that age to get us like to get me in an era. Eric Cantona. No, he's five, five, six. Eric Cantona. <laughs> um, Zizu's like 49, maybe 50, so a little bit older than that era. Um, is this person Brazilian? He is not. Okay, this person is European. Okay, has an OBE. What's that? It's the order of the British Empire, but he's a He's not English. What does that What does that mean? I don't understand what oh, that means. So he's Scottish or he's Welsh. Not, he's not. He's not actually. He's Italian. What? Really? How does that work out? I don't know. What is? I don't even know what an OBE is. I'm just. You guys are throwing curveballs at me here. I feel like a knighthood, Steve. It's like a chivalry. So someone who's 55 and he's he, does he have sir or knight or oh, no? O, OBE is like the level below that. Ah. So like the queen says thank you to you for something. Okay. <laughs> She um, recognizes you exist. Italian. Who made? Do you have the reason why they be, why they were OBE'd? Um, probably because they were their clubs' um, greatest player of all time at one point. Is this Zola? It is Gianfranco Zola. Oh my god! <laughs> what a legend that is Gianfranco Zola. I'm like notable players. I was thinking Zola, or I was thinking uh, who's the Hammers guy? Uh, Decano. I was thinking Decano for a second. Paulo Decano. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, surely it's not. He didn't get OBE'd. No, he was too much of a hothead. <laughs> yeah, I know. I that's why. That's why Zola. <laughs> I think. Um, I don't know. Is that short? Five six. Yeah, he's is not is not employed right now. I was about to say, what's Zola up to nowadays? He was an assistant coach at Chelsea through 2019. Wow. Okay. Before that, That's... he was coaching at Birmingham City, Al Arabia, um, Kigliari or whatever it is. Um, oh, Kigliari. Yeah. But definitely a legend. And he played for two national teams, Sardinia uh, and Italy. You ever seen some of Zola's, Zola's uh, YouTube uh, highlights of some of the greatest goals he scored? Shh. Sheesh. Dude's unreal. They're disgusting. 
All right, fellas, today we don't have our guests on, but do you guys want to jump into trash takes? Yeah, 100%. We got the Premier League coming back, finally. Yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, Let me pull up our fixtures here. Um, Because you won't see it, Newcastle will win like 6-0. Oh, my God. That would be priceless. (laughs) 6-1. Ronaldo will score. (laughs) It'll be like a fluke accidental goal. God, how badly I want that to happen. (laughs) <laughs> the one the one that doesn't get filmed and everyone just loses their minds steve bruce by the way went on vacation to uh portugal you know mm-hmm. haven't won a game but he's, he's off on vacation yeah, you know I don't, I don't blame the man hard, for man. going on on vacation but it's just a shame that he had to come back dude he doesn't need all the negativity you're giving him man he's undefeated uh, my take is that um i'm just gonna keep they're on the ground i'm just gonna keep stepping on them Norwich. Oh, I think yeah. we already did this take. I think no, we. Good. It's fair no, game. Good. Norwich. Uh, Norwich over Arsenal. One 0 Yeah, I don't disagree with you on there. And I, I was gonna say Brentford, Brighton, but I think Brentford right. could win that one. Steve is ready. Like two weeks in a row, Steve's ready to go with the take. That's scary. <laughs> I can improve. I can change. <laughs> you, you know who can't? Arsenal. Arsenal learned some <laughs> shit. Like I'm just throwing that out there. Mikel Arteta, by the way, there's another clip that'll be out there somewhere in the world of a fan just being like, Mikel Arteta's gone by Boxing Day. And I was like, bro, that is a cold-blooded take. You were sitting in the back of a pickup truck drinking a beer. Good for you. Love it. <laughs> Leicester versus Man City. That's another interesting game. I think Man City should win. But... Yeah, I was going to take Leicester to draw Man City. It's my trash take this weekend. It, it is at the King Power, too. Yeah, I, I think that's what's going to happen there. I think Man City are going to stall out without any attacking yeah. force, and Leicester will get lucky. It'll be a Vardy party, a one-all draw. Of a full, a full king power, they can they can get quite the twelfth man there. Alexandra, I got, I got Leeds tying Liverpool. Oh, I was looking at that for it. That was my first. Was my eyes went first, mm. but the last time I backed Leeds, I think they got pumped like five one or something like that. <laughs> right? Yeah, you did. My eyes um, were up here, Steve. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Meg. Oh, Alex. Yeah. Someone asked me to describe who uh Steve Bruce was. And I was like, he's kind of like a northern Peter Griffin. <laughs> and I think I hit the nail on the head. I was like, that is totally Peter Griffin as an English soccer coach. He used to be a baller of a player. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Peter Griffin was a good baseball player. Um, oh, that's true. He was fun, fun fact. Um, he plays but, for like the Patriots from time to time. Yeah, man, the dude's <laughs> a legend. He's also undefeated, right? Yeah. He'll be in the next World Cup, and that's where we've divulged to. All right, party yeah. people. Here's the deal. So we had Steve coming in hot with North City to take uh, the inform Arsenal. Uh, ben, as always, right, saying Leicester's going to draw Man City, and uh, Alex leads to to tie Liverpool. Right. That's right. All right, fellas, and here's the deal, guys. We know we're not your favorite podcast. Okay. Well, we are your favorite website. Yeah, we are up there. Definitely top five. But yeah, we want you to keep coming back and, and kind of keep being disappointed. We're okay with that. <laughs> That's all right. Okay. So tell some friends and then tell their friends to uh, like and subscribe. All right, guys. Peace out. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain, Ricky Ricardo. Take me back. 
Trust to be in apartment 23 cause she fucking the dude in 22 Got hands all in her 